Thank you so much, Reverend Ingram and choir. So let me ask, based off that hymn that the text, the choir just sang, why have you come today? Why have you come today? Have you come to worship him? Have you come to glorify him? Or have you come so that his name would be so praised? Well, I think we would all like to say, yes, we have come to worship him. We, we have come to praise him. We, we have come to glorify him. But if we're honest, if we're honest, there are certain seasons in our lives when this is far more easy than others, especially those seasons wherein we, we have a doubt. We, we have a question on, on the front of our minds, and maybe it's just simply formulated in one word followed by a question mark, why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Or maybe your question starts with the word, what? What is going on? Whether it's a why or whether it's a what, here's what I'm here to tell you. First of all, you're not alone. And second of all, The why and the what point to some level of doubt that you have in your heart. Now, I need to say this about doubt or doubters. Doubts are not bad. Doubters are not bad people. But for far too long, they've been with a stigma, a shame. If you don't just have faith, unquestioning faith, then you are not doing it right. Well, my friends, I've lived this life now for 40 years, and I followed Jesus for 32 of them, and I'm here to tell you that while I have faith, and I've always had faith, I've also simultaneously had doubts, and I've never once felt like God loved me any less, or that the plans that he had for my life were any less right. And the same is true for you. Doubters are welcome all Sundays here at First Baptist, but perhaps especially today, as you and I look at a text that deals with a man named Thomas. And Western Christianity has really done this disciple of Christ no favors, because he's not just known as the disciple named Thomas, is he? He's known as what? Doubting Thomas. As in he was less than, as if something was wrong with Thomas. But let's just suspend our 21st century approach. And let's put us in the first century. And let's put us in Thomas's shoes, as was so beautifully portrayed by us by Tommy Cox. Thomas had known, as a matter of fact, that Jesus, the one who was his rabbi, the one that was his teacher, had been killed. And Thomas, like you and I, would probably go on to conclude that, like any dead person he had seen, that dead person named Jesus would also stay dead. So when Thomas gets word from disciples, disciples who were locked in a room, mind you, and in a room where Jesus appears and says, peace be with you, and does something weird where he breathes on his disciples. And those same disciples come back to Thomas and say, we have seen the Lord. You might 
be able to relate and understand that Thomas doubted. And Thomas's doubt is, is not a bad thing. Thomas's doubt was all about having some time and some space to formulate questions and conditions so that he could, so that he could eventually have faith. And maybe that's where you are right now. In your journey, wherever it is, if you've been following Jesus for a long time or you're just starting or you're just trying to figure it out, you're given some time and space in a healthy, friendly environment at First Baptist Church to carve out a little doubt time so that you, like I, can ask specific questions or set conditions so that if these things could happen, we also might believe. Thomas was one that said, if I see Jesus and can touch the places where the nails pierced his hand and can touch the side where the the spear pierced him, I will believe. And lo and behold, what happens? Once again, the disciples are gathered in an upper room, this time with Thomas. So perhaps he's edging closer to faith more so than what we think. And lo and behold, Jesus Christ appears. He appears before all of them, but he specifically calls out Thomas and invites him to come closer, to take a look at his resurrected body and then to specifically say, Thomas, because I know you need to, touch these places where those nails have been. Touch my side where the spear pierced me. And as soon as Thomas comes closer, makes an inspection, and actually feels those places on Jesus' resurrected body, he proclaims, my Lord and my God. Faith. (laughs) Faith. Thomas has got it. Whatever weight was holding him beneath the surface and kept him from riding the rising tide, it was cut loose. And in a moment, Thomas was fully believing, not only that Jesus had rose from the dead, but moreover, believing that it had possibilities, new possibilities, which he had never considered for his own life. But then Jesus says something very curious. He says, you believe because you have seen. Blessed are those who believe but have not seen. John then goes on to say, Following that opportunity wherein Jesus appeared before his disciples, there were many more events that happened, far more that can ever be recorded. Because once doubt has been transformed into faith, there's no calculation. There's no numeric system that can keep tabs on how many things are going to leap from your heart, mind, and soul as you do things in the name of God. Of Jesus. So what is that key thing that enables us to go from where we are? Why? Why did this happen? What is going on to, like Thomas, being able to say, my Lord and my God? I think this is something that I want to land on right here with all of us because it's a key word which many of us don't really understand what it means in relationship to our faith. And the word is wonder. 
I think wonder is something that we all need to possess. It's, it's defined by a dictionary known as Webster as a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. In other words, wonder happens in those moments when you have seen something and you just say, I do not know how to explain what happened, but it happened. Like the mighty Furman Paladins playing the Cavaliers from the University of Virginia in March Madness. The stakes were dire. The Paladins were down. Almost everybody, besides a faithful person in Carrollton, Georgia, probably gave up on the Paladins. And lo and behold, what happened? The impossible. The utterly surprising as Berman was able to steal an inbound pass, pass it to an open man, J.P. Pegues, who drilled a beautiful three-pointer that sent the Paladins ahead, and ultimately they beat the University of Virginia Cavaliers. Now, I know you guys have all sorts of opinions on charismatic worship, and it would probably freak you out if I went running up and down the pews here at First Baptist, but in my house, on that day, the spirit was alive in David Hughes. Some of which was captured by video and uh, is in the safekeeping of my wife on her cell phone. But all to say, I was lost in wonder. It was sort of paraphrased beautifully, I think, by the commentator. And he said, did we just see what I believe we saw? Wonder. (laughs) And such is the thing that we need to possess when beholding the reality of a resurrected Savior, but moreover, the reality that Christ was the first fruits of the resurrected. And, and we are all those in faith who are to follow. We, sitting here today, 2023, Carrollton, Georgia, are the ones who are to follow him in this resurrected life. So what do we need to understand? Well, wonder is something that holds in balance a healthy amount of doubt that we understand will ultimately lean in and lead to greater faith. You see, doubt is not the enemy. Doubt is the time and space carved out for you so that you can ask the questions, so that you can set the conditions, so that you can understand more and go deeper in your relationship with God. But here's the thing about doubt. It's not where you are to stay permanently. And that's ultimately what we see in Thomas. He's not meant to stay forever and always as a doubter. Jesus is going to make this special appearance just for Thomas so that he can flip the switch and go from doubt to faith. But in order to do that, Thomas has got to behold and possess in wonder. Understanding his doubts, but moreover, being lost in this utter surprise that Jesus is now before him and says, Thomas, come come closer to me. Touch, feel. My Lord and my God, he proclaims. I think that some of us today need to have a little bit more wonder in our life. We don't need to just sing the hymns or read the scripture, but we need to understand that here today, The presence of the resurrected Savior in Jesus Christ is in our very own sanctuary. 
And like he called out to Thomas, said, come closer, feel, touch, inspect, ask your questions. So too is he calling to you today. Whatever your doubts are, they don't scare Jesus. He simply wants you to come closer to to get lost in this moment of wonder. And when we do that, friends, when we fully embody wonder, that's when the flick switches. That's when your doubt that's, that's weighing you down, that's keeping you from rising above and floating with the rising tide, that's when, that's when that cord is cut and you are set free to embrace the possibilities of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because whereas Easter Sunday is a glorious day, the most important Sunday in our liturgical calendar here at First Baptist Church and the church Catholic, capital C, across the world, it is just a starting point. Those 270 that we had last week crammed in every little nook and cranny here at First Baptist Church, I, I was praying and I'll be honest with you, I was praying with all of my heart that all 270 of them would be back. Because really, last Sunday was just the beginning. Now, every Sunday following is a new opportunity. A new opportunity to you to come as you are, but to identify a weight, a circumstance in your life which is which is admittedly holding you and me back. And in the presence of a resurrected Savior, lost in the wonder, we're able to cut ties with that. And we're able to float to the surface of that rising tide and something bold and beautiful happens. God's Spirit does with your life what it will. You are no longer in control of the outcomes. You are following Jesus for Jesus' sake. And isn't that what happened with Thomas? It doesn't go on to talk about this in the Gospel of John. Again, there there wasn't going to be enough room or there wasn't going to be a capable author to, to effectively document all the things that followed out of that moment when Thomas proclaimed, my Lord and my God. But church historians believe that that man formerly known as the Doubting Thomas became a missionary to India, and there proclaimed the gospel. And the testimony of his work still remains. Would you know today in a country predominantly dominated by Buddhists and Hindus, there, there are two and a half percent of that total population that identify themselves as Christians, many of whom say that they are St. Thomas Christians. You see, testimony of a man, mired in doubt, but then freed by the resurrected Savior, and then ultimately tossed forward by the rising tide that was set forth by the resurrection, his legacy lives on. And people that said, because he was so bold to be lost in wonder, he came and left what he knew to come to something completely unknown to tell us about Jesus and centuries, if not thousands of years later, we still say we are St. Thomas Christians. Now, that's not something that's just supposed to be relegated to the church history archives. That is something, my friends, which is meant to be repeated here and now. That you, cutting ties with your whys and your what's today, 
in the presence of the resurrected Savior that says, those questions don't scare me. Come closer with me. Walk up to me with them. And then after you see my resurrected body, then answer those questions and see how the answers are different. Likewise wants to send you forward from here and now on the Easter tide, a rising tide that is unending and never ceasing until Christ comes again. And he wants all of you to live with such import and impact that centuries to thousands of years later, people will likewise talk about you. And not just because you were a good person, not because you did good things, but something far more. You professed a promise of a risen Savior who defeated death in that you following him, likewise, no longer feared death, no longer feared the whys and the what's but boldly committed yourself to a form of living and giving sacrificially to others. And in that, it inspired a belief in them that doesn't just last for whatever years of biological life they have remaining, but has imprints on the very face of eternity. Do you want to live like that? Do you want a faith like that? I do. I do. But I'll be honest with you, I got some whys and what's of my own. And I know God doesn't fear him. I know that today he's beckoning me to come closer to the resurrected Savior. I know that he wants me to let Jesus answer those whys and what's instead of me just trying to figure it out on my own. And as he does, he is going to free me to rise and ride this Easter tide too. So that my life, my life will go to places far deeper than I had ever imagined or ever dreamed. My question is, will you join me? I don't want to do it alone. I want us, you and me, I want us to do it together as a church. And let's see what God has in store. Will you pray? Father, we thank you for a message that says, doubters, welcome. Questions, welcome. The only thing that you want is for whoever we are and whatever we are, whatever our why and what is, that we are able to come to you today and simply get closer to the resurrected Savior in Jesus Christ. And that through him, O oh God, our whys and our what's will be answered. We will be lost in the wonder of it all. And that we can say, while we don't know everything, we know enough to do something for him. And that be our heart cry. And this, our invitation, him. May it not just be a passing moment, but in a time where we commit ourselves to living more like the Thomas we have studied. And going forth and pretending to leave a legacy that will be remembered for generations to come. Amen. Reaching for your hymnal, turning it to page 595, we invite you to stand, sing, and respond as we sing at the cross. <laughs>